December 27, 2023. This morning's class is dedicated by Eddie and Sophia Rishti in honor of the birth of their baby girl. We're in Masechet Bavakamanda, Yod Amudal. If you count from the top of the Amud down, we're two, four, six, eight, nine lines down, the last word on the line, Homer. If you recall, this Biraita, which we're in the midst of dealing with and now going to talk a little bit about, is comparing in a way that our first Mishnah did very briefly, and we talked a little bit about it further in the Gemara, the Avot Nezikin, what sort of humrot, what sort of severities do each one have that the others don't? And what we're up to is one of the final lines here in the Beraita. It says, Homer ba'esh mi babor, a severity, something which is more hamur with regards to esh, fire uh, being the cause of damage, as opposed to bor, a stationary pit of sorts. Sheha esh hazik. First and foremost, fire as a way of moving in the midst of or in order to damage. Umu'edit, and furthermore, you pay full compensation. That's what we say with regards to mu'ad. Mu'ad means forewarned. There's no partial compensation. Le'echol, it's going to be considered forewarned. A person whose fire, uh, so to speak, consumed or ate something else. Ben davar hara'uila, uben davar ra'uila, ken babor. Uh, whether the fire consumes something that's ra'uila, something that's appropriate, something that's expected of it uh, to be consuming. What I suggested yesterday is wood or uh, twigs or grass or something of that sort, something that's more flammable, uh, as opposed to what we should be thinking at this point is kelim, utensils made of something else, that's davar she'eno ra'uila. Uh, when it comes to fire, even though kelim, something that's made of other material, is not ra'ui, it's not appropriate, it's not what you would think fire is most easily consuming, you're nonetheless liable as opposed to in bor. Bor has a uh, leniency. What's the leniency? Specifically, we're focusing on this last one. When it comes to bor, we generally assume Shor, the Pasuk says that a shor or a hamor, an ox or a donkey fall into the pit, shor velokelim. We've even mentioned this, you did Asha earlier in the Masechet. It's only if an ox falls in as opposed to utensils. So, the most simple way of reading this Beraita at this point then is we're distinguishing between utensils, any utensil, any keli, if it's consumed by fire, if fire damages it, you're liable. If it falls into a pit and gets damaged, you're not liable. All right, says the Gemara, that's the end of this Beraita. Let's for a moment go back. We had earlier the differences uh, between Shor and Bor. Again, we're keeping this one in mind. Fire, Esh, and Bor. Fire is more Hamor. It's Darko Le'echol Afilu Mashe'enod Ra'uilo. Says the Gemara, if I turn back, now that I finished citing the Beraita, if I turn back the clock on this Beraita, I rewind a little bit. Let me ask you a question. Why didn't the Beraita mention as well, Homer Beshor Mi Babor Shashor Chayev Bo Etakelim Mashe'enken Bebor. Uh, interestingly, the Gemara says, oh, let me ask you a question. When it came to Shor, you compared Shor to Bor. And you told me there's severities in Shor that don't exist in, in Bor. Why didn't you list as well that Shor, if an animal gores or bangs into utensils, if my ox bangs into your car, if my uh, dog uh, chews uh, any of your, uh, chews your shoes, I'm liable, as opposed to in a Bor, as opposed to in a pit. 
How come that wasn't listed in the Beraita? So the Gemara, after citing the Beraita, and we mentioned that last line of the Beraita, which we're quickly going to return to, says, well, wait a second. Earlier, when you talked about Shor and Bor and compared them, how come one of the differences wasn't the fact that Shor is Hayav on Kelim, on utensils, examples abound, as opposed to Bor? Says the Gemara, the answer must be that this Beraita is according with the opinion who maintains that even if utensils fell into a pit, uh, you're liable to pay. Again, we've been assuming, uh, just to make everything clear, we've been assuming, I opened the class today by saying, we have a derasha. the derasha goes as follows. If kipol shor, if a shor falls into the pit, then you're liable to pay. There's a derasha. the rabbis understanding why does the Torah get so specific? It's so specific to tell you animals, to tell you animals you're liable for, as opposed to utensils. Step number one. Step number two is, if that's the case, how come in the Beraita it doesn't say, well, an animal is more severe than a pit in terms of liabilities, uh, compensation for damage. An animal, you're liable if it chews someone else's shoes, if it bangs into their property, if it ruins something, as opposed to a pit. Says the Gemara, Hamane must be this Beraita is according with the minority opinion. What's the minority view? Rabbi Udahi. Demehayev anis kelim bebor. Rabbi Uda's opinion, again, it's not the majority, it's not the hachamim, but Rabbi Uda is mehayev, he obligates, he makes you liable to compensation, even when someone's utensil falls into your pit. It's a little bit funny, oh, go ahead. Would a, a car, would a car uh, be utensil? Absolutely. So you're saying it can have an uncovered pit, car goes over it, gets damaged? Car is the hardest to understand, but not really because we also assume human beings who fall into a pit, the owner of the pit is not liable. We assume, again, we'll, we'll get more into the specifics on this, but to state it simply right now, it's hard to believe that a utensil not driven by a human being, it just rolls in there and, uh, well, that's how it got damaged. That's the responsibility of the owner of the utensil. And as well, a human being should be looking where he's going, by extension, a car should be looking for those potholes, you know, et cetera, as well. Um, it's only an animal we don't assume that has its eyes on the ground in the same way. But yes, the answer is car with regards to bor should be patur based on these derashot as well. Well, that being the case, says the Gemara, must be we're following the opinion of Rabbi Huda. This Beraita, which didn't mention as well that shor is more hamur, that uh, ax, uh, which gores, is more severe than bor, than the pit. Uh, why so? Because of kelim, because of utens, must be found in the opinion of biuda. Biuda is mechayev, he obligates a person to pay. Al nizke kelim, the word nezek, we're well familiar with it at this point, means damage of kelim, of utensils, bibor. Says the Gemara, it's very nice, but it doesn't add up with the words that we began the class with today. Remember the words we began the class with today? What were the words we began the class with today? Bor is less severe than ish. Ish is more severe than bor. Remember why? Because ish consumes even that which it's not appropriate. You wouldn't assume it's going to consume. As opposed to bor, you're not going to be liable. On it. Well, one second, what was that referring to? Wasn't that referring to utensils? Isn't it then hinting or almost explicitly stating that bor is not liable for utensils, that's not the Behuda. You understand what we're doing? We're suggesting that the reason the Beraita didn't say that Shor is more severe than Bor. As well, the Behuda says that in a Bor you're obligated for utensils as well. How do you read the final line of the Beraita? Final line of the Beraita compares Ish 
and bull. And it says, Ish is more severe because you're liable even for the not ra'ui stuff. We translated that as kelim as utensils. Clearly, the Beraita is telling you, by bull, you're not liable for that. If you're arguing that the Beraita is really the opinion of Rabbi Yudah, you can't read the next lines, the final lines in the Beraita. Quote, how is fire, in terms of financial liabilities, when damaging, more severe than pit? Says the Gemara, what do you think davar harawi and davar sheno rawi means? What do you think the item which is more appropriate or more susceptible to damage when it comes to fire, as opposed to the one that isn't, is referring to? Says the Gemara, davar harawi la What do you think davar harawi the item which items which are more susceptible for fire damage? It must be aitzim, fire. That's what, excuse me, wood. That's what fire damages most naturally. What do you think? Quote, unquote, it meant when it said that fire is liable when it damages even an item which is less susceptible to damage. And the words are, that's utensils, the words were, which seems clear that you can't answer that our Beraita is going with the opinion of Rabbi Uda. One more time. Rabbi Uda's opinion is that bor is hayav even on kelim, on utensils. Name whatever utensil you want. It fell into someone's pit. However it fell in, the person with the pit is not liable to pay for it if it got damaged by falling in. That's the general opinion. Rabbi Udad disagrees with that. This Beraita gives us mixed messages. On the one hand, the Beraita says that fire is more hamur, more severe than pit, than bor, because it's hayav on davar she'en ra'uila, which we're translating as kelim. On the other hand, it omits, it leaves out that shor is more severe than bor. I could have said the same thing. It's hayav on kelim as opposed to bor. Says the Gemara, oh, finishes the Gemara, the question, if you tell me the Beraita is indeed following the opinion of Rabbi Uda, who says that kelim are hayav in bor, ha'amarta, didn't you mention to me, didn't you tell me, mehayev hayar biuda you told me quite clearly that Abiyudah's opinion, his staunch opinion is, that in Bor, you're hayav, you're obligated, even with regards to utensils. So the Gemara, in short, is a little bit stuck in this Beraita. It seems clear to the Beraita right now, that the Beraita, to the Gemara right now, that the Beraita is not going with the opinion of Abiyudah. Ela le'olam rabbanan. Rather, the Beraita must be going with the opinion of the Hachamim. What's the Hachamim's opinion? that bor is not liable to pay for the damage of utensils. Well, that being the case, how come the beginning of the Beraita didn't mention that shor is more hamur than bor, shor you're liable for kelim, for utensils, bor you're not. That was left out. Answers the Gemara, Those words you'll find in the Gemara many places, and what the words mean are tana means to teach, Switch the taf with a shin in Aramaic, like Mishnah, teach, vishir, and leave out. Which means to say the following, uh, you come to me after the class, say, Rabbi, you were mentioning the laws of, uh, I don't know, Borer on Shabbat, but you left out this law with regards to it. I said, yeah, well, I didn't mention it. I, wasn't, I didn't give you an exhaustive list. So I taught Tana vishir, I taught you some, and I left out others. Very nice. Good answer, Rabbi. I have a question for you, Rabbi. Why did you decide to leave that one out and no other one out? What do you mean? I left out a few laws. What else did you leave out? The only way you're going to defend such a claim over here in the Gemara, that, in Sh- that earlier in the Beraita, when it was comparing Shora and Bor, well, it left out one example. 
you can't say it left out one. If you're saying it's, if you're saying the Beraita is trying to be exhaustive, it's got to be all the laws mentioned. If you're telling me it's not exhaustive, it didn't mention every single severity which one has over the other one, it has to be at least two. You have to prove to me one more, otherwise I can't accept it, Rabbi, I don't believe you. I don't believe that's right, because you wouldn't leave out just one law. You gave me a full 10-hour class on Borer on Shabbat, you left out one law, must be a reason why you left that out. You can't just tell me, I didn't mention everything, you mentioned everything else. So that's what the, says the Gemara, Maish is always the next question. Whenever the Gemara gets pushed into the corner, it has to say, well, we didn't mention everything. Oh, you didn't mention everything? What else? My shi'er, the high shi'er, question mark. What else is shi'er? The shi'er again means to leave over, you know, similar to a hasidim until today, they say shirayim. They get from the rabbi, the rabbi eats some of the food, and whatever's left over, they call the shirayim. They want to eat from the rabbi's leftovers. Shi'er means leftover. My shi'er, the high, means this shi'er. What else was left out from the Beraita that it left out this? In other words, you need to find me one more law where there's a severity in one of these three cases, Shor, Bor, and Esh, that the other one doesn't have and it wasn't mentioned, answers the Gemara Shi'er Tamun. Perhaps what was Nishtayer, what was left out, is Tamun. So again, number one, what was left out, that Shor is Hayavan, Kelim, and Bor is not. What's the other one? Tamun. What does the word Tamun mean? Tamun means hidden. Uh, what are we referring to? We've seen this earlier in the Gemara once. Hidden is with regards, we had a dirashah in Pesukim, that the Torah describes how ish works. And the rabbis reading the words carefully and sensitively with regards to ish, fire, they only obligate fire for one reason or another. They read it into the Pesukim. You only obligate it on fire damages if the item that was damaged by fire was exposed. If the item which was damaged by fire was concealed, was tamun, you're not obligated. That's certainly not the case by shor, and it's absolutely not the case by bor either. You're very consistent, Charlie. You did this to me last time as well. That's right. That's the halachai. No, no, the house is not good enough. It's covered. Yeah, you're saying what's inside. No, 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 no that, that's exposed. This is something which is in, we'll, we'll read an example in a moment. Something which is buried in a bush, buried in the ground, stuck in a bag or something of that sort in the house. You open the door and it's exposed. Not known that it was there the fire. Yes, you're trying to give logic. It's not good enough. Because even if you didn't... I don't get all we're saying is the halakha, which we will have time to deliver, you know, talk about further later in the Masechet, is that when it comes to ish, comes to damages of fire, for one reason or another, the Torah, according to the rabbi's understanding, tells you, provided that the item which is burnt was fully concealed, not visible to the naked eye, in such a circumstance, you're not liable. Oh, that was left out. You should have told me, Homer b'shor mi ba'esh, that's short, it's hayav on tamun on a hidden item as opposed to esh. should have told me, Homer b'bor mi ba'esh, that what are you liable for? Bor, even if it's hidden, you're liable as opposed to esh. What are the... Especially since you mentioned that the, that the bor has to be covered, secured, and it's still there. You went into detail on other things. So, why no details on that one? Yep. I, I, I love your passion, indeed, indeed, you're, you're doing great. No nuance here or anything of that sort? Redundancy? All right, anyway, yeah, fantastic. Uh, so if, you, if you take a look, just as a side point, but significant, Rashi, in Dibura Mathil Shi'er Tamun, 
Again, those words, he left out the hidden one. Says, says Rashi, I'll give you the cases of what tamun is with regards to shor and bor. Uh, so Rashi is about maybe 14, 15 lines from the top of the Amud. Says so Shir Tamun says Rashi, the Havale Limitne, the Beraita should have taught, quote, Homer Beshor Ubor Mibaesh. It's more severe with regards to the ox which damages and the bow, the pit which damages, but as opposed to ish. Now he gives examples. Shim ba'at, ba'at means to kick. Shor besak, if your animal kicked a bag, male kelim, and the bag was filled with uh, precious or not precious utensils, vishabiran, that's tamun by shor. The shor is damaging something which is not seeable. It might be noticeable, but it's not seeable. Hayav, or, or, imnafal. Hamor bebor. How are you going to have tamun in bor? I'm going to have something hidden in bor. If an animal, an, a donkey, fell into the pit, ve'alav sak and on it, it's filled, it has a bag filled with produce, but it's a bag, hayav. Ve'afagav de tamun besak. You have to be hayakif. It's on the donkey, it's pashut. We're talking about something that's tamun. Rashi's example, strangely, over here is, it's a bag filled with produce on the back of the donkey. Now, let's remember, when it comes to obligations, according to the hachamim whom we're talking about, of bull, you're only hayavan behemah. So Rashi, for some reason, says, since the bag, which has concealed items in it, was on the back of the donkey, you'd be liable over there. That's quite the hidush. Why would you be liable? The Torah says, shor o hamor. It doesn't say, or a bag of produce which is on the back. This is the question of Tosafot. Tosafot, uh, second from the top. Shir tamun de patur be'eshu shor ubor hayav upehe upiresha kuntres. That's quoting from Rashi Kigon. Let's get it directly cited from our Rashi. Ba'at shor besak male kelim v'shibiran v'chinim nafal. Here's the key one. Be'bor sak male tevua hayav velodak. Says uh, Tosafot, it's not clear. Now, notice that, uh, that uh, notice Tosafot left out some words in Rashi, which is the beginning, although we're not going to do this. It's the beginning of the answer for whatever Rashi begins. They left out that it was saddled onto the back of the donkey. They just quote from Rashi, or a sack of produce fell in. Rashi clearly has something going on, the fact that it's on the back. But anyway, says Tosafot, Velodak, Rashi didn't, uh, didn't uh, read this properly. De kol mile de any item which is not an animal, this is the Gemara explicitly um, limited obligations of bore of pit to animals. So I'm gonna tell me this, this sack. Again, the beginning of the answer for Rashi has to be that it's on the back of the animal, as Rashi added. It happens to be, it happens to be in the back of the Gemara, there's a commentary, it's actually one of the latest commentaries in the Gemara, name is Rashash. Rashash is from Vilna some 200 or so years ago. He cites from Rashi and Dafkavava Mudbet. Rashi and Dafkavava Mudbet, when he's talking about a similar situation, doesn't state it as he writes over here. He rather says, the animal or animals are in a sack, and those fell into the pit, then it's easy. What are you liable for in pit? Animals. What's the hidush over here? Even though the animal is not seeable, you're still liable. Tosafot Rabbeinu Peretz as well, when he answers the question of Tosafot different than Rashi, he gives that example as well. That's probably the easiest way of learning this Gemara, aside from the difficult Rashi. So again, back to our Gemara. The Gemara is suggesting, the Gemara had a question. 
How come the Beraita, which seems to be according with the opinion of Hachamim, was the opinion of Hachamim that when it comes to Bor, you're not liable for Kelim? How come when it came to Homer, Bashor, Mibabor, it didn't mention that? How come it didn't say animals which kick utensils are obligated as opposed to, um, uh, maybe eating was a bad example because that would be closer to Shin. Okay, kick utensils as opposed to, uh, as opposed to Bor. Answers the Gemara, you're right, we left out some things. What did you leave out? You can't tell me you left out one detail, everything else is there. We left out Tamun. Tamun would have been a homer, a severity which exists by both Bor and Shor, where even though something's hidden, you're still obligated, as opposed to by Ish. What's the example of Tamun by Bor? So that's what we just discussed. Okay, continues the Gemara. Of course. Tamun is something down in the line of sight. Whose line of sight? Because a Bor doesn't have necessarily a person there by it, and then Ish itself is fire. It's not like the Shor is line of sight. My understanding was, I, I, I don't know, you're translating it as in someone's line of sight. My understanding was exposed. Why can't it just be exposed? Exposed to the naked eye of any onlooker. So what if no one watched? Exposed to, to a potential. Well, yes, yeah, you just graduated. Yeah, really, you're keeping me accountable. Exposed to the eye of any potential onlooker. Can we do that? Is that not good enough? That's 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 all I that's the again you might be looking for the philosophy of it which I don't have at the moment I mean we're not we're not talking about it at the moment we're accepting this as a gezerat the Torah says this we have to figure out the reasoning and when we get a little bit later we'll we'll work on yes no no but okay then in, in Charlie's question is it's in home. And the home burns down. Are you liable for things that went wrong? Of course, the answer is. Okay, so is a sack? How does a sack distinguish itself from a closet, a locked closet? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. All part of the house. Maybe. Maybe. It's not about the knowledge. It's about the sight. Again, so you're getting into philosophy. We're not on the philosophy. It's about the sight. All right. Unborn baby. We're not talking about killing. We're talking about oh damage because baby gets counted as damage. It's inside the mouth. Okay. All right. You're giving a lot of work for us. Well, okay, all right. I, that's exposed? Yeah, because the baby, because you know the baby's in it. What, because of the sonogram? No. You're back on knowledge. It's not about knowledge. It's about size. Who told you it's on knowledge? Okay, all right. Yeah. All right, well, we'll, we'll reconvene. It's only mentioned agav here in the Gemara. We'll have, we'll have a sugya later on, on daf kathav. Uh, on daf, no, 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 no. Uh, it's wait a minute. Uh, wait, really? Oh, come on. Yeah, you're not. I mean, neither am I. You're not watching enough movies or something like that. I don't know. Some some evil guy comes to your field. He grabs them all. He puts it in a box. Forget about a sack. He puts it in a box and he wants to dispose of it. He brings it to a pit. And he just throws them all down. Come on, that's it's not so hard, is it? Who told you? We're talking about bore. Bore is only when it's unintentional. 
Well, oh, because you're going to say it's a da- yeah, okay, okay, you're going to say it's a dam hamazik. Okay, I don't know. So he put it in the sack and then he left it in his field next to his friend's field and they jostled themselves around enough to fall in. Or they were being carried by another animal and they fell in. Because okay, we don't want it to be a dam hamazik. I don't know, you need me to be that creative with you? Anyway, says the Gemara, Iba'it ema means a different answer. Im tipse emor, a different answer to, again, answering the question, dealing with the issue of why the Beraita doesn't mention Homer beshor mi babor shahashor hayav that the shor is hayav on kelim as opposed to bor le'olam rabbi yuda wow so turns back and says I could defend this as rabbi yuda again the reason the beraita doesn't mention the reason the beraita doesn't mention that shor is more severe because you're hayav for kelim is because bor you're also hayav for kelim very nice how do you explain the final words of the beraita which is where we got jammed up a moment or two ago the final words of the beraita say that ish is more severe than bor that ish you're obligated even on davar she'enor ra'ui you're obviously going to have to define those words differently enor ra'ui we said not susceptible what we said is your tonsils anything but wood says so no 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 it means something else wasn't that to include, to be inclusive of Kelim? Excuse me, it's not coming to include Kelim. It's rather fire is obligated even in, quote, strange situations, unpredictable ways. It's coming to include, and we talked about this case earlier in the Gemara as well, where the ground was scorched, or the utensils were, you helped me with these words last time, Eli, or the utensils were singed, that's the word you gave me last time, which means to say, uh, not utensils, the wall, which means that we're not talking about utensils, I don't know, exploding from coming in contact with fire. We're either talking about lighting the ground. Ground doesn't get damaged by fire. No, it could. Ground could be damaged by fire. You had growth that was potentially coming up, it was starting to grow, or it had grown already, and I burnt that down. Or, my Gedesh el Avanim, the ex- other example is, I have a wall uh, made out of stones. The wall made out of stones is now ugly. The wall made out of stones is now brittle because I lit a fire next to it, or a fire was lit next to it. That is Davash Enoraui. When it comes to Ish, you're Hayav, you're obligated, even for those funny cases. What about in Bor? What case is that? We're not talking about singeing the board doesn't move around and put fire. Oh, what are you talking about in board? Says Rashi. In these cases, but not concealed. No, no, we're not on the concealed any longer. We're on the funny case now. Davar she'en ra'ui. So I have the funny case, davar she'en ra'ui, when it comes to ish. What's the funny case? The fire damaged the ground. The fire damaged um, uh, stones, rocks. Uh, what is it with regards to? What is it with regards to the pit? What are we dealing with in that situation? How do you explain that? So in a little bit, Rashi, when the words in the Gemara are dash beniro, Rashi will say that when it comes to a pit, you're not obligated for anything that has to do with the ground. All right, so it says Rashi, you know, when it comes to fire, you're obligated for ground damage, you're obligated for wall damage, no such thing as by pit. That's a decent interpretation. It says, In the line or two in the Gemara, when the Gemara mentions those words, we'll get up to that. Rashi explained, this is not so when it comes to a pit. Because when I'm contrasting pit 
to fire. I can say fire is obligated for scorching ground, for singeing uh, stones, as opposed to the pit. Says Tosafot, that sounds funny. I'll tell you why it's funny, because it's not applicable at all. So once you're talking about not applicable, I'll give you much better. I'll say that a pit, says Tosafot in a moment, a pit doesn't damage houses, as opposed to fire. I'll tell you, uh, why'd you give this example? It says Tosafot, um, uh, excuse me. If the case of the Gemara is just mentioning an absurd case, why didn't Gemara give just an easier example? Why did I need to talk about scorching ground? Why didn't I talk about scorching, uh, 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 singeing stones? I say, fires damage houses, pits don't. It was much easier. But there could be nuances with a pit that don't apply to a fire. For example, what if the pit's filled with water and animal drowns? Very nice. Uh, yeah, separate issue. I mean, you have a separate question. I'm on this issue now. We'll talk about that one maybe later. At the, at the moment, though, we're trying to compare and to say, bore pit is more stringent, excuse me, it's less stringent than, than fire. So help me out with this. Okay. Fire has something that bore pit doesn't have. Uh, even in funny cases. Uh, what's the funny case? So he told you, fire when it damages ground, as opposed to pit when it doesn't. Why don't you just talk, if, if your idea is that you're finding a case that's not applicable to bore, that's not applicable to a pit. I understand what you're saying. You're saying, but you have things not applicable in the pit. Okay, it only, oh, good. So now I understand your question. You only strengthen the question. In other words, it's hard to argue that these humrot, these severities are just cases that are inherent to that type of damage as opposed to this type of damage. We even mentioned those already. When we talked about ish, we said, it moves. Bor doesn't move. So what type of example is this? Therefore gives a different answer. Suggestion of Tosafot is in the, in the, even within, and this answers your question, Alan, even within the strange situations, but not inherent and specific to this damaging thing. For example, uh, when it comes to fire, it's not common and it's not going to often happen that fire ruins ground or fire ruins stones. It's just not, not common. Nonetheless, if the fire went ahead and did so, you are liable. You know something else that's not common? We learned this earlier in Amasechet. Pits only damage, the rabbis told us, Kim Rabbanan, they have a tradition, they're understanding, that they only damage in a prevalent and normal way when the depth of the pit is ten tefahim. If it's less than that depth, it doesn't normally damage. What if at nine tefahim it damages? Are you liable or not? You're not liable. So that's what we're referring to over here, suggests Tosafot. We're talking about within the situation that we're describing, bore, and within the fire that we're talking about. They don't need to be parallel in terms of the specifics. Each one's got its own idiosyncrasies. As a result, when it comes to bore, what's its funny case? When it could damage at nine, but it doesn't normally damage at nine. Obligated or not? Not obligated. What about fire? It could damage ground and stones, but it doesn't usually do so. Obligated or not? Obligated. That's what we're suggesting here in the Gemara. Okay, so the Gemara then... <coughs> What's that? And that's why Ish is more hamur than bore. And that's how you read these words in the Gemara. Because 
even in the irregular case, which is specific to it, but in the irregular case where it's rare to find it, you're nonetheless going to be obligated as opposed to by law. That's the suggestion of Tosa. Okay, anyway, says the Gemara Matkif la Ravashe. If that's the case, Litne Homer Beshor mi Bebor Shashor Hiebo Shor Psuleha Muktashin Mashenken Bebor. Let me explain to you the next question in the Gemara. Next question in the Gemara goes like this. If you were arguing, as you did a moment or two ago, that our Beraita, if you were arguing in our Beraita, uh, that the Beraita is going according to the opinion of the Hachamim. Uh, well, uh, let me leave that because the Gemara is going to flesh that out. Let, let me first articulate the question. Litne, we should have mentioned as well, Homer beshor mi babor, shashor chiev bo shor psuleha muktashin. What's shor psuleha muktashin? Psuleha muktashin, we could break down those words easily. Muktashin, we see the word kodesh in it. Pesule, pasul. Something which was purposed to be a korban, an animal. And then it became maimed, it got a, a mum, it became blemished. It's no longer appropriate to be a korban. At that point, you can redeem it. That's called a pidyon. Once you redeem it, what's the status of that animal? It's interesting. We actually learned about this in Masechet Betzah at one point. What's the status? Rashi quotes from the Gemara Masechet Bechorot and Daftet Vav. There's a derasha of the rabbis that that animal is now yours. Not really. Well, you're not really. No, it's yours, but you can't do anything you want with it. You can't go in the field and plow with it. You can't shear it. You can't use its milk. You can slaughter it and eat from it. That's what you can do with it. You can't really get all these other benefits from it. So when I'm dealing with shor psuleha muktashin, interestingly, I'm dealing with something a little bit in the middle. What you should have taught, and we'll figure out why this is a question in general, specifically on Rabbi Yehuda, matkif la ravasheh litne, you should have taught homer beshor mi babor. You should have told me that when it comes to shor, you're going to be obligated to pay for damage which was done to a shor psuleha muktashin. My animal gores someone else's animal. What's the status of your animal? Oh, this was my animal. I was planning on bringing it to the mikdash, but it got blemished and I redeemed it, whatever. You're obligated to pay. It's not so in bor. If a shor psuleha muktashin falls into my pit, I'm not liable. Why am I not liable in that situation? What's that? The animal fell down. The animal fell down. Why am I not obligated in such a situation? So if you'll, we'll, we'll summarize it because we have a minute. Rashi cites the pasuk in the Torah. What's that? No, it was hekdesh. It's now then became pasul because it became invalidated from a blemish. You then redeemed it. What's its status? Now, on the one hand, it's yours. And as a result, if my ox gores it, shorre'ehu, it's yours, it's not hekdesh, and as a result, I'm obligated. If it fell into my pit, though, I'm not obligated. Why am I not obligated? Because the Torah says with regards to the pit, that if the animal falls in, ba'al habor yeshalem, ve'hashor yihyelo, and the animal is then his. Is it really his afterwards? It's not really his. You want to know why? You're not, it's, it's limited his. It has no there's limits over here. There's zero. It, you don't get it any longer. The only thing you were really allowed to do with that animal was slaughter it. Now this animal is dead. So what are you able to do with the animal? Nothing. So clearly the understanding is that's a mi'ut in the Torah. The Torah is subtracting that from the equation and saying in a situation where the animal of short suleya muktashin falls into my pit, I'm not obligated. If my animal gores it, however, it's shorehu. Okay, for some reason this is going to be question, we can already articulate it on Rabbi Uda, not on the Hachamim. Alright, we'll come back to that tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.